my parents were offered rooms which my dad's cousin's family were moving from in a house in Rutland Road near to Victoria Park, so we moved there when I was almost two years old. Mrs Smith and her unmarried daughter Joan lived downstairs and we lived on the top floor. There was no bathroom and only an outside toilet, but the area was much better for bringing up a child with a park around the corner and Lauriston Road School opposite, which I attended as I approached my fifth birthday. I remember my teachers, Mrs Griffiths and Miss Rudd, and those awful school meals which were, called at, which were cooked at another school and transported to our school in time for lunch. They were pretty bad, but we ate them as that was all there was. My mum went to work and I couldn't go home for lunch. That school has now been converted into a luxury apartment, with a new school now occupying the land where the prefabs were built after the war to help to alleviate the shortage of housing. We lived in three rooms, a kitchen, lounge and large bedroom, where, which we all had to share. At the end of the road was a small estate of flats and masonettes. These had been built after the war on the bomb site of an infantry called Hollages. I had a friend called Josie Briggs who lived there alongside a singer called Helen Shapiro. We used to watch Helen coming home after school from school in her uniform. She was then transformed wearing beautiful gowns, then whisked away in a black cab to her singing engagement. I remember one of these occasions in particular where we all rushed to see her getting into a black cab in her finery. Later, when we sat down to watch TV, there she was on Sunday night at the London Palladium. She was discovered at age 14 and soon became famous. My dad remembers being on the same bus as her and her school friends who were all thrown off by the conductor for being troublesome. Although we didn't have a whole house to ourselves, we still lived well. My parents did the best they could for myself and my sister when she came along. We had holidays, those on the Isle of Wight I remember the best, especially the ones where our aunts, uncles and cousins joined us. We stayed on a Warner's holiday camping, Putpool. Many years later the film That Would Be The Day was filmed there. We attended family gatherings and parties and usually walked or sometimes caught a bus or tube. There was no car for us until just before we moved out of London. I often visited museums and other attractions such as London Zoo, Tower of London and Madame Tussauds. I still have a photo of myself and my best friend Lorraine Windus in front of the Tower Bridge. She lived in Victoria Park Road and I often went round to her house which was filled with her family. There were grandparents on both sides, her older sister and husband and her parents all lived in the same four-storey house, but all on different floors. I had a happy time during those days in London. I spent a lot of time with my mum, dad's mum because she looked after me whilst my mum worked at Bish's Home Stores near Mare Street. My granddad often walked me to the market on a Sunday morning when I was only four years old. We seemed to walk for miles, but I enjoyed it. After Sunday lunch, sometimes I would help prefab... I would help prepare crab for tea that Dad had picked up on a Sunday morning. We often had a crab, wrinkles and shrimps for Sunday tea. As I got older, I went to the Trinity Congregational Church at the end of our road on a Sunday morning and Sunday school in the afternoon. I also joined the Junos at the church. They were like brownies, only we wore green rather than brown. I played in Victoria, in Victoria Park and on bomb sites with friends. We played in the streets until 10pm in the summer during school holidays. Nobody worried about playing out until late then. 
My parents tried to get a council house in London as we were a family of four by 1962. They were told they would probably wait another 20 years as housing was in short supply. So they agreed to be moved out of London in order to get a house with a garden and to start a new life. In 1964, we were allocated a new council house. We moved to Huntington in April 64. We finally had a whole house for just four, with a bedroom each, a small garden and a garage across the road. We moved on to a large London overspill, as it was then called. We'd only been there three days when Mum said she thought we had made a mistake going there. Some people and children were rude. I had not really encountered this where we were, where we lived in Hackney. We settled into our new house. I was enrolled at a local primary school and Mum found work locally to bring in extra money. Dad had found a job in Huntington before we moved out of London, but it did not pay the same as he had previously earned. Dad eventually went into a partnership with another carpenter and joined us so they could earn enough to get each to get a mortgage. Meanwhile, my grandparents on both sides were moved out of London and rehoused in Huntington, so they were closer to my parents. Although money was tight, I was sent on to two school holidays abroad, and I enjoyed them both. After five years in Huntingdon, we moved to Sawtree, into a house where my parents could call their own. By this time, I was already in secondary school, so I changed schools again and made new friends. I met Alan when I was 14 years old at the local swimming pool. My friend and I used to go there during school holidays, and there wasn't really much else going on in the village. Over the years, we both married twice each. In fact, he married my friend I used to go swimming with. We both had children with our spouses, and our paths crossed occasionally, which resulted in a quick hello, and how are you? Purely by chance, in my fifties, I was again in touch with Alan. He told me that he had been widowed the previous year. As the saying goes, the rest is history. Little did I know when I first met him when I was 14 that I would be living with him 40 years later back in Sawtree.